Do you like horror? Sci-fi? Superheroes? Comics and adventure. SunsetCrypt.com has you covered. With reviews and articles. Two associated podcasts. Hot damn! Topics on a ton of bullshit and all geekery grounds with Crypt Keepers Curtis Sturrock, Steve Brown, and Jeff Smith. SunsetCrypt.com. Only the reader knows what awaits them. His name is Curtis Durrock There's not much that he won't mock But he'll talk to his friends about sex and rear ends Yeah, it's wrestling with myself Some know him as Scotty O'Shea And he's really into ass play Steve Brown tags along and Mello wrote the song It's wrestling with myself Wrestling with myself Sometimes he does it by himself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself On a Friday night He's got his flashlight It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies Myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Discussing wrestling in movies, drugs, hookers, and boobies. Wrestling with Michael Rollins. Uh, okay, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Uh, I think I'm okay. Yeah? How's quarantine treating you? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's very lonely. <laughs> are you totally alone? Are you not with uh, the missus? No, I'm, I'm, I'm completely alone. Have you seen her since this started? Yeah, just on, uh, actually just last weekend. We made a, like a little exception. That's nice. Everything. So when my parents die due to coronavirus spread, I, I just know where to point the finger now. Wait, what? What? <laughs> uh, that was actually uh, a, a concern. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, don't worry about it. I, uh, you know, it's... Uh, you got to get your dick wet. I get it. All right? <laughs> We're all human. Okay? This quarantine is killing us. I get it. Don't worry. But you're good? Yeah, I mean, I've forgotten, completely forgotten how to interact with with humans <laughs> like oh like i uh because i went grocery shopping um so like in the middle of last week and so i actually so my, my dad has a bunch of those uh masks yeah too so like you know i'm all i'm all set up like it's you know the last of us or something and i was looking at the the like the the, the meat section and you know, for for some reason, I'm I'm still trying to like min max the prices, you know, per <laughs> kilogram and stuff like that. Even though, like, like the prices probably don't make sense on anything anymore. Yeah. So I'm just like standing at a distance. Uh, there, there's a, a lady working who is 
putting some chicken breasts away and uh i was just standing a little bit of a distance from her not like for quarantine reasons it's just where i picked to stand yeah and then i just started looking at the prices and she's she's like oh i uh, oh i'm, I'm sorry I, I i can you know i can move my cart and get out of the way if, if you want to grab some chicken and then you know, I'm so sorry. And I said, oh, no, no, I, I'm just looking at the prices. I, I'm sorry for interrupting. He's like, oh, I, I'm sorry f- for confusing. And we just, like, apologized back and forth for, like, five minutes. Very Canadian. Yeah. Even in a like, pandemic. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just like, I forgot. Like, I'm, I'm walking around the, the store, and it's just like, do I do I walk by people? Do I, do I stand here? Do I look like a freak <laughs> in a mask? And I, I don't know. Do I talk to the person at the cash register? Yeah, I know. It's weird. You know, so it's just, I I, I have no idea. Are you uh, working right now? Yeah, I'm I'm working from home. I'm I'm, I'm lucky. Uh, I'm really, really lucky. Um, I haven't haven't looked online much about, I've been trying to avoid it as as much as possible. For the best. Uh, Yeah. So, like, being, living on my own, not only living on my own, but uh, like figuratively living under a rock has been uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, from from what I've seen, like I I only found out about all the the WWE releases like like two days later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just I don't know. I didn't realize. It's it's weird because you know you 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 think about people getting sick and. You know, dying like that—that's kind of where, uh, at least, I, I'd imagine where much of the empathy is landing. Mm-hmm. But there's all these, um, like tag-along effects that you, you don't really consider. So I just learned about one yesterday uh, that, that was really interesting. Is that it's affecting pig farmers in uh, Las Vegas? Really? So um, a lot of the pig farmers would get uh, leftover food from the casinos. Oh, I see. To feed their pigs. And they found this as like, a, you know, this market inefficiency that the, the casinos would just be throwing them away. Um, so they, they struck these deals where we'll, we'll just buy your, your garbage for really cheap for our pigs. Yeah, it's recycling. And now that, yeah, and then now that nobody's going to casinos, there's no leftover food. And now the pig farmers can't feed their pigs. So there's less pork and like pork prices are probably going to go up and, yeah. you know, things like that. And it's just, that's, uh, that's like some Freakonomics stuff. Yeah. And that, uh, every day I go online and I just see on Facebook, like this local small business is closing now. This local small business is closing that like, it, it's so sad because, uh, well, for one, it still feels surreal because I still can't quite wrap my head around that this is happening worldwide. That's the weirdest part. Like, sometimes I'll, I'll get caught up in it, and then I'll be like, yeah, but life is normal elsewhere. And it'll kind of ground me. And you realize, like, no, this is worldwide. We've never really gone through anything like this. Yeah. And I, just, like, browsing on, on, on uh, like, if I, like, do land on, like, Facebook or, or Twitter or YouTube or something, and I see videos. Mm-hmm. And it's just like videos of normal stuff, and I think, oh, you know, things are, oh no, this is from six months ago. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just no, no, things are still fucked. <laughs> it, it, the weirdest thing is when people are like, "This is going to be our new normal for a long time." Like how they're talking about handshakes will never really be a thing anymore. Whether that's true or not, just even that idea 
of just what are a, all the, the young boys in wrestling going to do? Like, oh, they're going to have gonna, heat from the get-go go now. <laughs> but, like, just to think of something so small as, like, a, a greeting, that's yeah. just going to be gone. And I know it's dumb to think about, and it's not really a big deal, but like you said, it's just kind of a chain of events where uh, things are going to change forever. Like, we're living in something that's going to be written about in history books right now. Yeah. It's just... Uh, and I actually had a revelation... 10 minutes ago. And when you text me saying, all right, I'm ready, whatever, I was thinking back, when was the last time Mike was on the podcast? And it's been a couple years. It was was, uh, uh, September 2015. Jesus Christ, how did you just ring that one up? Because because it was about my, uh, it was during my shoulder injury rehab. Oh, okay, okay. And I remember, uh, because October 5th, that year was my first match back for, uh, oh my God, I can't even remember the name of the promotion. Uh, it's in Hamilton, and I just remember, because uh, you were, I believe, you you may have been on the show, but uh, Bruno was there. Mm-hmm. And then I, and I, I just remember the conversation where he just said, like, what the hell are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm wrestling. So I just heard you on the podcast, and you made it sound like you were a month away still. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I was already cleared. <laughs> Uh, that's the only reason I remember. But, so I had this revelation, and it's going to sound racist, but for the interest of comedy, I'm sticking with it. So, the big rumor is that this ha- coronavirus happened due to uh, somebody in Wuhan, China, eating a bat. Yeah, that's, uh, I've, I've, heard, I've heard the same, yeah. Right? I'm starting to think, now looking back on our last podcast, it wasn't because somebody from China ate a bat. I believe... This all stems from the video you showed me the night that we recorded, and it's about Korean poo wine. (laughs) And I think that makes a lot more sense. The Korean poo wine? Yes. And if you're interested what the hell I'm talking about, if you're confused, you should be, because those are like three words that shouldn't go together, or at least two for sure. Uh, Mike came over and showed me this video where a dog... It wasn't, in all fairness, it wasn't, it wasn't... Uh, me per se, it was uh, it was Olivia. Yes, that's that's right. Yeah. So let's put the blame on her. Just, just, just for intellectual honesty here. <laughs> and <laughs> if it's exi- if anybody's scarred, it, it wasn't. I don't, I don't want people thinking I like, like that. Those words entered my my Google search bar at any point. <laughs> so. But it's like a twenty minute documentary about this doctor that believes if you drink or if you ferment like eight year old shit. Eight-year-old, as in, um, like from children. Yeah, child. Yeah, yeah. And ferment it for poo that's existed for eight years. (laughs) (laughs) It's not biodegradable. That's that is a bad shit if it's around eight years later. (laughs) And yeah, it's this guy, and he's just talking about how it has all these health benefits. And then the reporter in the video finally drinks it, and the last like minute and a half of the video is her walking home or to the bus stop, puking repeatedly everywhere she's going. So I, that is my new theory, and I think it holds weight. It just took a while to get across. Yeah. The funniest thing for that video for me was that it was it was English subtitles for the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Until the very end. And uh, she says in, in, in quite fluent English to the camera, I'll, I'll never get a husband now. 
which I thought was was hilarious. Now that breath, like the comedic timing on that was 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 brilliant. And if you want to watch it, it was a Vice documentary. Just type in Vice Korean poo oh, wine. Vice. Yeah, if I remember I, I, correctly. Yeah, I can't. Let me do a quick search because yeah. it's someone's gonna want to look it up. Vice Korean poo wine and poo. The word poo has always unsettled me for some reason. I can say a lot of things. Poo has yet. Yeah, Korean poo wine vice. You'll find it. There's not a lot of links. It gives you the right one. Oh, that's that's uh, that, 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 I didn't know it was vice because that's uh, somewhat interesting because of the uh, vice was is also somewhat recently relevant to me now with that dark side of the ring where I uh, was Beatles Bradshaw. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you brought this up. Because I've been watching it nonstop, yeah. it's great. But I was stoked to watch the Brawl for All episode yeah. because uh, Steve was in it. Yeah. And like as we're watching it, I keep seeing other people, and yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's Decker, that's Josh, whatever. And then at one point, I'm watching it, and Roz goes, "Isn't Mike in one of these?" And I go, "I can't remember who the fuck he is." He's oh not standing God. out. So I go back in my messages from months and months ago, from like October, and Steve had sent me a picture on set of you yeah. as Bradshaw. And even you face on as Bradshaw, it didn't look like Bradshaw. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I mean, it, so I, I know um, a lot of people um, that were doing them were, you know, uh, like like sharing like cool photos and, and and stuff like that, and I'm like, I I, I got I got nothing to, to to show people because because I look like I'm I'm doing a a, a Beatles documentary, but they're only gonna film me from the back of my head or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was essentially you just in a wig, right? Yeah, um, but it was it was weird because so the first season that they did. They, uh, I actually spoke to them about it. They got in contact with me because Chris Chambers was doing a lot of the. I don't know how involved he was with the casting, but at, at minimum was um, the given recommendations and contact information and everything like that. So before, before the the even like the the first season um, was, was was formally announced or anything, um, they wanted me to do Steve Austin. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it was because at one of the super kick shows, um, I was supposed to wrestle Jeff Brooks mm -hmm. in, in a match. Um, and while I was in, in, in gorilla waiting to go out for a match, uh, the, the segment before us, um, Jeff Brooks was already out there, um, to do like managing or like whatever ringside run in. I can't remember what it was, uh, but during that match or segment, he caught a dive and like hyperextended his knee. They like, completely blew it out. So he came to the like Chris. I'm just waiting there, and Chris said, um, "Like yeah, Jeff's not uh, like he can't go for the next match. What do you want to do?" And since it was um, uh, it was March 16th, the oh, show was running on. Beautiful. I, I don't I don't know how we we, we just like kind of came up with it there, and I said just just play Steve Austin's music, and I'll <laughs> like I'll do his entrance and leave. <laughs> That's all you did? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like we did the, I tried to mimic the thing with the beer. You know, they have open cup beer in the crowd and everything. So people started like throwing that stuff. So I just did Steve Austin's entrance 
uh, and apparently I do a really good Steve Austin impression because <laughs> uh, I got like the strut and the, the pose and everything. And then it was um, it was Jason or Evan. I can't remember which one that was. It might have been both, but they, they, they saw it and thought. And since since all the footage they want, it's just um, kind of that suggestive yeah. uh, filming style that they just needed, you know, the shape and the mannerisms and things like that. And uh, so they, they wanted me to be Austin. So I actually drove down to their, their office to meet with them about it. And they showed me the uh, Bruiser Brody pilot while I was there. And it was just kind of this, it was this cool feeling where it's like, oh man, like I'm being, you know, I'm being re- recruited here or, or something, right? They're trying to, they're trying to convince me to get on this project. And I, I would have, I would have done it for like a hot dog at a handshake. For sure. Look, look cool. But they asked me a question and it was, uh, they said, I think they said what I asked if I would shave my head or if I'd cut my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I said I wouldn't because uh, I was wrestling um like i had a busy schedule at the time as i was doing the run with with pepper parks as the well-oiled machines and i didn't want to like bick my head when um i have spent uh you know like my entire rehab time you know growing it out i've been wanting to change my look forever yeah i didn't want to like like start over because my my hair is it, it sucks when it's um uh like not if it's in between shaved and what it is right now, it's just this weird, doesn't look like anything. So I didn't want to go through that arc, awkward phase. So I just said I wouldn't shave my head. And I guess they interpreted that as, uh, that I wouldn't change my look at all. Oh. Um, and, uh, so I remember, um, weeks, months later, whenever they started filming and it was Mark Wheeler who ended up getting the Austin gig and they put him in a, like a skull cap. (laughs) <laughs> and then they had to put facial hair on him, and I'm just like, wait, what the fuck? I, they could put a skull cap on me, and I, and I, I, I could still do it. Uh, and then it was, uh, it was, was Mike, um, I had Magnolia. That I remember, just because we we go to the same gym, and uh, just we shoot the shit every once in a while, and just like, hey, uh, I heard that you told the Vice guys that you wouldn't change your look, and I said, no, no, I said I wouldn't shave my head. <laughs> and so I lost the gig for that. <laughs> so then when they started the second season, they got in contact with me and uh, about doing the brawl for, uh, for Bradshaw. And it, the, the pitch was, um, it's like, yes, we think you could do Bradshaw. I know last year, I know there was an issue with changing your look, but we figured this year we just can throw a wig on you and you look close enough and it'd be okay. And it's just... Like I, I'd kind of like to go back in time in that, that conversation and like explicitly say that I just wouldn't shave my head. Yeah. Because they remembered it like a year, year and a half later. Yeah, it stuck. Yeah, it stuck with them, and it's just am I, like, am I, am I a piece of shit? Like, am I? <laughs> Especially, I, don't know. I think it's hilarious it, it that they like just this put a contentious thing that I <laughs> just like. Oh, like, I wouldn't change his look. I love how they just put a bald cap on him, anyways. Yeah, like, no, I think they were going to do that the whole time. Yeah, they just... And, and I, th- I th- either I misheard the question or misinterpreted, or my answer was maybe they asked if I would change my look, and, uh, like, my answer was, I don't know, just... Maybe I did absolutely say, no, I can't I can't change my look at all, because I want, I want people to tell it's me when I'm on, <laughs> you know, your documentary. I want the rub. Uh, yeah, uh... But when they said, yeah, we think you'd be a great Bradshaw, I was just, like, I didn't say it in my head. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> I, I'm telling them, like, oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. 
because I wanted to do it so bad. Yeah, I get Bradshaw uh, all the time. We get mixed up consistently. Yeah, but it's just, it was, I was just like, like, Bradshaw, really? Like, you, you look at me and you, you think Bradshaw. <laughs> and even our personalities, like, it's just, I, I don't know. But, um, so I, they, yeah, I show up and they have, they have, like, a Ringo star wig for me. And, <laughs> and, and they, they all just right away, just kind of like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome though. Are you in any more episodes? Did you just do that one? No, uh, they they wanted me. They uh, it was one more that they wanted, um, but I couldn't do it. And it was it was uh, I had bookings that 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 entire weekend already yeah. that I didn't want to. I, I can't remember who it was, um, but yeah, I could I could have done one more. They contacted me for. Uh... I got contacted twice in a very short time. The one was for Vice. I can't remember which one it was, but I got contacted to be B. Brian Blair once and then Owen Hart. And they were for two uh, separate yeah. ones, but they were both in Toronto. And uh, the the day I got contacted for the Vice one, they were like, can you come to Toronto? I was like, I can come to Toronto. I'm going to Superkick tonight. But they yeah. needed me there at like three or something. I couldn't do it. I, then the next time they wanted me out for an audition, it was like just during a work time and I can't get it off. But yeah. I, I love seeing it because like Dark Side of the Ring is like huge in the wrestling world right now and it's all local guys. Yeah, I, I showed off that episode to a bunch of my friends because um, you know, I, I told them about it before. Or like, yeah, I'm like ducking out to do this uh, audition. Actually, when I went for the audition, uh, or it was less of an audition, uh, audition and more of a just, you know, meet and talk about it yep. type thing and that was on a uh the same day as a super kick show and so i was going down to toronto early and i was going to meet them at five o'clock mm-hmm. and i was probably four blocks away from their their building and i uh got in a collision oh did you really yeah i don't, I don't know if you remember that i don't uh you um but it was just like a, like a double lane change type thing. Okay. Um, but I, so, and I was already running a bit late, so it was like five oh two when uh, when it happened, and I'm like fuck. And so I just sent uh, Evan and Jason a text message, just like I just got in a car accident. I'm not I'm not gonna be able to make this thing. And my first thought was, I'm o for two. Like yeah, I, I didn't do the first thing due to some miscommunication, and this time it probably sounds like it's, like the only worst excuse would be the dog ate my homework. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds so made up, and I and I was just I, that, that's what actually pissed me off most about it was that this happened, and it's not like it happening pissed me off the second most. What pissed me off was that I have to tell people. I have to tell these guys, and it sounds like I'm making it up. Yeah, it's like a cliche sure. fake excuse that actually happened to you. Yeah, and then uh, it, 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 like even with the timing of it, I'm not going to be able to make the meeting, but I'm going to definitely make the super kick show that you guys are going to be at, mm-hmm. probably. And that's going to look like, like like I'm just a shithead. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I see what you're saying. It was, yeah, it was, it was fine. We just did a, a phone call, and that was... Like, J- Jason and Evan are... Uh, they're awesome. They were they were like fantastic people to work with, and just like, everything about it. I think the brawl for all too. I haven't seen this week's, which was which was this week's. I can't remember. 
Um, doesn't matter. But I've yeah, watched that. Last week was Brawlful, yeah. And I think that's been my favorite episode. Yeah, I showed that off to people just that because they knew I was gone and it was zero context. Yeah. And I'm getting like messages from them, from my, my friends that have nothing, that know very little about wrestling. Just like, wait, that actually, I had no idea this thing actually happened. Yeah, it's I know. It's crazy. It's wild. It's um, it's kind of hidden too. It's, it's talked yeah. about it more now, but for years it was just like, let's just sweep that whole time under the rug yeah it was embarrassing like poor bart like i can't like they did that to bart i can't why would they do that to bart yeah and it's just yeah that was a really good episode i think have you seen every episode from this season uh not yet no um i've been slowly going through like because uh, i just got crave actually not that long ago oh yeah um so i had no other way to, to watch it uh so i just kind of kind of picking and choosing um like the ones that were like I, I, I was curious about, or that I was kind of aware of mm-hmm. already. Um, and just, it's actually, just uh, you know, like oh, I know Mark did this one, or I know whoever did this one. I just kind of want to, uh, like, see it. Yeah, it's weird. My, like, I, I'm not so um, concerned about the documentary itself. I'm just kind of going through them and finding the dream sequences. No, that's kind of the fun part. Like, yeah. even if I didn't like the documentary, I'd still watch it because so many people we know are is in it. But it's a great documentary. It's like a uh, bonus. And then the, the so I watched the the brawl fall on all the way through. It's um, it's awesome. Uh, and so seeing a lot of the the dream sequences that we we were doing, I was um, not to sound pretentious, but I was on set as a lot of them were happening. Yep. And you know they they don't record the audio for them, mm-hmm. but when we're doing them, like we're we're saying stuff. So when we're arguing. When, when it's like me and uh, Godfather arguing backstage, um, like Jesse and I, like we're saying the most vile shit to each other <laughs> and uh, like dying of, of, of laughter because he, he's also standing on like this this crate so he can we can be eye to eye each other and <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, the, one, <laughs> the the funniest one was actually, and it was just like a it ended up being like a two or three second clip in the show. It was um, when Steve Brown was. Uh, in the in the hotel room with um, uh, it was it would have been Gilbert and God, Godfather. Yep. The, the scene that they were talking about, like the the stuff that they were saying while that was happening, was like Jesse uh, is, is like the funniest person in the world, <laughs> just walking around uh, method acting as Godfather all day. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. How much do you miss wrestling these days? Is it beat you um, up? Because I'm going pretty insane. I I don't know. It, it's 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 going back and forth for me because, uh, like I was, if this was gonna happen, I think it happened at a good time for me. Yes. It was at a point where I needed to recharge my batteries. Yeah. And uh, like I, just you know some like nagging aches and pains that, um, I haven't been able to to get over because you know once it starts feeling better you know i go do a match something happens and then it's it's like oh it's back again that, that type of thing mm-hmm. um and like I, I don't know like I, I i haven't really gotten the itch too much right now i honest i've been uh going like my my regular life hasn't really changed i'm still going yeah. to work and whatnot but 
I've been watching, I always watch a ton of wrestling, but I feel since I haven't been wrestling, I've been watching even more. And it's this weird, vicious circle because I can't watch wrestling without immediately wanting to go and wrestle. And not being able to wrestle makes me just want to indulge and watch wrestling. So it's driving me nuts, but uh, it is exciting. Uh, At the same time, it's it's not exciting, but I can kind of calm down a little bit. Because I think in the back of my mind, it's that thing that we've talked about a lot on car rides and stuff. It's just, uh, I kind of get in my own head, because I'm like, oh my god, I'm not wrestling, and everybody else is wrestling. What am I doing? And then it's like, oh. You're doing something wrong. Yeah, and then. In this case, it's. Nobody's wrestling. Yeah, we're all doing the exact same thing. Exactly. So. That is nice. It's gonna. I'm excited for when shows come back, just to see how they are. If anybody even shows up, who knows? But yeah, it's just. It's this is since I started wrestling when I was 13, 17 years ago. This is by far the longest I've ever gone without wrestling, and it's a. It's a big shock to the system. Yeah, it's. it's I'm wondering uh, if it's gonna have how much of an impact it's gonna have on, um, what what skill sets are valued by uh like the community what do you mean so and you know it's just and i think we've spoken about this with uh before but modern wrestling at least on on the independence to a large degree it's it's uh it's it's if you know like being good at like like social media or being good at video editing being good at you know other things yep is, is very very valuable where if you go over to go 10 years ago it would like the highest value things would probably probably strictly be like in ring work yes and stuff I see. like that and then uh so there's that you know that shift was happening but now that like, you literally can't do anything with in ring work right now yeah um like what 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 what, what skills uh will will be considered valuable as, as this is happening and then the inertia from that carrying over when things start to normalize yeah. a bit more because um, right now to, if you really think about it so let's say this happens for, for six months yep. just which is a re- very sake. real possibility so it might be yeah it could be a possibility it doesn't really fucking matter how good at actual wrestling you are nope. right now <laughs> yeah you're right if you think about what, what independent wrestling is and uh you know, I've been thinking about that, kind of going through these these thought exercises, and like uh, I, I, so, like on on Twitter the other day, I just said something about living under my rock, and uh, Vita Scott sent a message saying, "Well, you know, if anybody could have a good match with a with a rock, it would be you." <laughs> and I just thought, you know, it's just like, all right, we should build something where it's Psycho Mike versus The Rock, but, you know, in all lowercase letters. Like, I'm going to wrestle the, the Rock right here. And I have a rock in my backyard right now. I'm going to look at it. And I'm just like thinking. There's something I here. I don't know if I'm talking nonsense right now, but it's in my tiny backyard. I just started wrestling this this, this rock. Oh, that's not <laughs> crazy. The size of a football. Like, I don't know. Like, that makes no. Like, that's. It's not it, would, cr- it, would, it would probably would have been shat on you know, six months ago, but you know, no one's no one's getting anything. So maybe I should just set up a tripod, go out in my my underwear, and fight a rock. I think it's a great idea. If if, uh, <laughs> if we were allowed to hang out with like groups of like ten, I would one hundred thousand percent be running a backyard show and just yeah. putting it online. I'm not even joking, and I wouldn't uh, even yeah, do it. That's, that's, 
it's it's funny like it's yeah and but i wouldn't you, like you do a backyard show and it, but it's you don't even have to call it a backyard it's just a regular show and yeah. no one can show up i wouldn't even uh <laughs> i wouldn't even do it ironically i don't think like i i do like serious we'd all still play our characters and stuff but yeah. there just wouldn't be a ring we'd be like hopscotching over all the dog shit in the backyard you know <laughs> the the wrestlers that aren't wrestling are just like off camera but hardly they're always in this shot laughing like you know what i mean just like i'm i swear to god i need to like scratch that itch so bad and i like just having fun if yeah like i, I would still wrestle it's gonna happen to me too that i'm i'm gonna want it oh yeah, i think it's gonna i think it's gonna rush back to me all at once like the the battery's gonna get to full mm-hmm. and then it's just okay like there's something something's gotta happen it may it might not have hit me so much if this didn't happen like wrestlemania season is huge for everyone right in the community and it's just like that is when the lockdown was really like setting yeah. in with everyone you know yeah like i was i watched wrestlemania two nights of it which is a party any other year like we got wrestlemania on a saturday night i watched it alone you know what i mean like i was jo- yeah, i was thinking about that because i normally i normally come to your place if i'm available every year yeah and, uh, but you know, what's weird is that, um, like for a long time, I've, I've, I don't want to sit not off the grid, but like, I haven't, I don't, I haven't had a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have like, like cable or a lot of these services and stuff like that, which is means I, like I mess out on a lot of, uh, content, but I, I think it's, it'll keeps me like productive and like honest and things like that. Sure. But I have no idea. Like I have, like, I don't have. The, the network or any um, way to watch it, right? Yep. And I never actually needed it because I could usually, if I wanted to watch something old, I could usually find it online, first of all. But also, uh, I could just like go to your place, and I, I enjoyed that better. I find not having a lot of digital things gets me out in the world more. Yeah. And like that's not possible right now, but I'm in such... Like, I, I'm so ingrained in my habit that it's just, it seems so foreign to me that I could just go and get a subscription and have my own account. Because that just seemed like a thing that I was never supposed to have. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, you put it perfectly. Like, yeah. you, you almost didn't get it because it forced you to go out. Whereas, yeah. I try to have everything so people come to me. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I'm insufferable otherwise. Like, I'm such a <laughs> shitty personality, so I have to have stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just like Amazon Prime. Oh no, no, that's for the elite. Like I, I'm just a humble. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but yeah, not having a lot of this stuff and then just being so stubborn and ingrained into my like own habits that I'm just not going to change. <laughs> no, I get it. Uh, yeah, it's weird. So, have you seen any of WrestleMania by chance? No, I haven't actually. Um, and. I, part of part of me at first was I, I, I wasn't I don't know I, it's probably gonna make me sound like a, a bitter like fuck a, like a piece of shit but just when like it, if if this if this thing was gonna happen like it happened it, it couldn't have happened at a better time for me at least as it pertains to wrestling yep because I needed to recharge my batteries and uh, I kind of just I don't 
detox is too strong a word, but just kind of separate. Yeah, I just want to, you know, uh, get away from it for for a little bit, and it's great because like no one has to notice yes. right now. Yeah, uh, it wasn't like this thing where oh, I have to make this formal announcement and you know do a pity party or, or whatever. It's just like oh, I can just not you know pay attention to wrestling for a little bit until you know until the the itch comes back, and I I don't want to be like going through the motions or anything like that. So I didn't have like a strong desire to 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 watch it, mm-hmm. which was unusual. But pr- I think part of it's just because it uh, it's supposed to be this this huge this huge show, and it was in the performance center. Yeah, so yeah. it kind of took the wind out of the sails, I guess, the allure. Absolutely. Um, you know, they did the best they they could, but I, I did hear that. You know they, the cinematic matches, and everyone's talking about that. Like that seems to be a trend now. Yeah. Um, yeah, which uh, that's actually what I wanted to vex me a little bit. That that's what I wanted to talk to you about because I watched both yeah. nights. We were, I was watching it on like a Zoom party, so we had a bunch of people, and uh, I was pretty high on edibles both nights. Fair warning. <laughs> But I remember we watched it, and uh, the the Boneyard match happened. And I was, the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse matches were the two matches that I was most excited for on the weekend, like most people. And with both matches, uh, I've only watched it once. It was that first time. I was incredibly underwhelmed. Like, I think I just had expectations for both matches, and they didn't meet my expectations. They just went a different route. So it kind of caught me off guard. But we're watching it on the Zoom party. And we're all kind of of equal mind. We were like, what are we watching? This is terrible. And then we go online afterwards. And we were like the only ones that didn't like it. Now, yet again, I wasn't in the best state of mind. But I did like a lot of other stuff on the show. It wasn't like I was just not seeing clearly. It was just strange, like... I don't know. I don't know how much I love the whole cinematic feel all the time. Uh, like, I have seen it done before, and I like it. It just didn't... I, I don't know what it is. I almost feel, like, blasphemous for even saying I didn't like it. <laughs> because it's so... seem It seems so well-received. Yeah. It's just, like, it's worth going out of your way to see it. Especially a guy like you with a mind like you. Like, I can appreciate the effort and everything. I just think I expected something different like there was literally like the boneyard match they did a bunch of cool stuff but it was filmed like a movie and there was also a score on top of it and it was just like i don't know i don't mind when wrestling gets crazy but it just i was just expecting kind of a fight in a cemetery like a buried alive match with some theatrics since it wasn't live sure and it was just like i was watching uh a very good low-budget movie starring two wrestlers. And it's just, I don't know what. It just... Yeah, so I, I haven't seen uh, them, so I, I don't know anything about the quality. Um, I can give you my network password, and you sure. should watch it. <laughs> because it's it's definitely worth a watch, and I think, uh, like Eric Bischoff was saying on his podcast, uh, he was saying, like, he's he's under the belief that wrestling has needed a reinvention for years now. It's been doing the same thing yeah. for yeah, eternity. Yeah. And he thinks this cinematic way, not done all the time, but to be sprinkled in from time to time, is 
like what will kind of re-energize and reinvent pro wrestling. And I, I also do think that's a big possibility. I just don't didn't love how it was presented this time. I can appreciate the work that was put into it. Like it was really cool. I just I don't know. So so um, when I was hearing about this stuff, uh, and kind of I don't I don't I I don't know what the the general consensus on it is, but I was getting the impression that uh, that at least the um, like the, the uniqueness of it or the novelty of it for was, sure. A lot of people people liked, and uh, and I'm pretty sure I I saw the word like innovation yeah, <laughs> used of a course. few times. Um, and I'm not going to disagree with any of that. But what, uh, and maybe this is unfair, but what what kind of vexed me about it was, um, uh, and, and not to force a segue, but with the uh, the wrestling retribution project mm-hmm. that. Um, that, that I from 20, 2011 that yeah. I was in, um, the value proposition for that was much in line with this this cinematic approach, and I, I, I so we so my role in that was uh, I played that character it was Master Murder mm-hmm. and my storyline was with uh, Colt Cabana who was playing a character called Punchline and the blow off for that match. Um, was going to be this false count anywhere match, and so Jeff Katz, the who's the the guy who did who's the producer of it, um, that did the whole Kickstarter campaign and everything. I remember doing this, this Skype call with with him before before it all started, and he was pitching me this this idea for for that match, and it this was like his baby for the whole. Um, filming the whole taping like this is the one match that he he wanted to do and get right um and he said i want to do a false count anywhere match in the style of blazing saddles was his elevator (laughs) that's awesome that's a great way he was telling me about it it was like it starts in the ring and then you were going to basically take the audience on a tour of hollywood it won't geographically make sense but we're going to do all these different set pieces um, that are essentially going to be like like skits uh, in, the, in this context of fighting, and um, we're just going to like glue them together, and then you come back into the ring and, and finish the match. So it's kind of this this blend where um, when you're doing the the, the quote unquote live show part of it, it's going to look like your conventional wrestling, at least uh, the presentation. Mm-hmm. You go backstage, and then just a bunch of stuff happens, you know. Uh, we were gonna. We went to a comedy club. We went to uh, like a talent agency building. He wanted to do um, scenes by the Hollywood sign. He wanted to go into the uh, prop uh, warehouse. Oh yeah. And do a, a fight where I was uh, going to be wrestling an animatronic King Kong that that Colt was controlling with controls. It sounds Just unbelievable. Like and like, the, like at the time, this was nine years ago, eight nine years ago, whatever it was, and like I was. I, I love the idea and you know even then I'm just thinking like this is such an interesting take on it mm-hmm. because it's so tongue-in-cheek yeah that like you it, it's just as long as you're having fun watching it the uh like the purity of, of, of wrestling like this doesn't really matter and then nothing happened with it and uh it's Did just you one film of those things it? where like all this cinematic stuff is you know it's buzzing now and then I'm just thinking like oh like like Nine years ago, uh, like in a different 
uh, timeline. Yeah. Like this thing could have been a hit, and like I could have helped pioneer that idea. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Did you end and, up uh, filming at all? No. So so he's actually post um, once uh, around the WrestleMania time actually. Um, so when the um, this whole lockdown thing started, he actually just started posting some of the raw footage mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, the YouTube channel is Pin the Virus. Okay. I don't know why it's Pin the Virus, but uh, you'll see the WRP logo and everything. And he uh, he has a lot of the footage up for that. And we didn't we didn't finish all of it, so we ran out of time because there was we were only there for the week. And then at the end, he told me before before I was heading home that he's like, "I'm going to fly you and Colt back, uh, and I want to fly you back in a couple weeks, and we're just going to devote." like several days to filming the rest of this match. Like he wanted to do it. it, it, it maybe, maybe he was trying to sell me a bill of goods. I don't know, sure. but it, it never happened. We did film, um, the, the beginning and the end of it, uh, like on, in front of like the live crowd. Cause mm-hmm. basically we did the beginning of the match. We went to the back, you know, had a bottle of water, <laughs> came back out. Yeah. Right. And they were just going to edit everything. Then we did a, uh, a set, a set piece in a comedy club. <laughs> and then we did a and um he actually has like a fully like nearly fully edited piece where we were at a talent agency uh and if you just put that clip up like that's a it was like a pretty good vertical slice on its own even outside the context of a match just um it's you know starts with uh, an agent on his phone like in a meeting we come in we do a brawl around the office and then and like leave and it's just like that vertical slice is just kind of this absurd thing. <laughs> yeah. What, what just happened here? Um, but then, it, you know, in the, the vision of the whole match, it would have worked as well because we're just going from place to place. Yeah, it'd be like a Benny Hill skit in one yeah, door out the it other. Just, it just never finished. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of, seeing all this talk about the cinematic stuff just kind of, it brought me down a little bit just because I, it, it reminded me of that mm-hmm. and... Like at that time in my life where this was the, the the biggest and coolest thing that I had ever done, and I you know was kind of hoping that you know something would come of it, and it never did, and it was a bit frustrating at the time because I was always being asked about it. Yeah. Like what what's happening with it? When's it going to come out? I, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, like I'm watching the footage, and it's just like I'm a completely different person. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's just it's so so weird to see like. Uh, Almost where, like, I don't even, like, I'm like, oh, I, like, I hate my mannerisms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate the way my voice sounds. You know, I hate I hate my trunks. <laughs> oh, yeah. That type of thing. Um, uh, I just kind of went off on a big tangent there. No, but, like, uh, I think, yeah. like, I would have loved that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the phone with you because we're buddies. Like, I think I like, when wrestling gets ridiculous, I think I like when... It has to be tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, and it has to be, like, comedy, Um, almost. And, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know how I felt about the main event of WrestleMania being something like that. Even if it was, like, the main event of Judgment Day, I think I would have liked it a lot more. It's just, I have my expectations for WrestleMania. Like, and I'm also a work-rate guy, too. Like, that's what I really like in an AJ Styles versus Undertaker match. For one, it's just, like, AJ Styles is the best in the world. Uh, Yeah, he's older. He slowed down. But I thought he was a great opponent for the older Undertaker because he'll bump his ass off for him and stuff. And I knew, like, that's a dream yeah. match. And it's just, it just didn't deliver what I wanted. Doesn't mean it's bad. 
But like, yeah. have you heard what they're doing for Money in the Bank next week or next month? No, I haven't. Okay, this was announced last night. This sounds. I'm gonna tell you, and you're gonna think I'm joking, and it's 100% true, and it's the most excited I've been. So it's gonna sound very hypocritical of me of what I'm saying now, but this is so out of the box, so outrageous. This is must see TV. So since we're still under quarantine, they're gonna have Money in the Bank at WWE's Titan Towers. The ring is on top of Titan Towers for the Money in the Bank matches. They start on the ground level and have to fight throughout the building, get to the top of Titan Towers, climb a ladder, and then get the briefcase. That sounds cool. Right? Like I've always, I've always wanted them to do a show on top of Titan Towers. Like I remember, I remember years ago when, a long time ago when uh, they like they double booked one of the arenas. Oh yeah. For like an NBA game or yes, something like that. Yes, I remember that. this. And and I thought it would have been so cool if they just did it on, like the the ceiling e- or the ceiling, the roof of their. Uh, uh, skyscraper the the old raw intro from like 96 was yeah. them on top yeah. of it and it looks unbelievable yeah just just to change because even even when that happened it was just kind of like i would be like nice just to shake stuff up yes just the look because it's it's been it's had such a polished pristine look for so long where yeah. if you, you you watch something from uh, the new generation era you, I could, you could just pick anything and i could show you and you could Give me the ballpark of what year it happened in. Yeah, within a year Same or two for the sure. Attitude era. Yep. You, you pick anything from like 06 to now, it, you, it's hard to pinpoint. It's basically, since it went yeah. HD, it's very, very similar. Yeah. The set, the colors, everything is so similar. And I don't know, I think I like my wrestling a little gritty. Yeah, me too. You know, it's just... It's it, probably the OK Boomer part of us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, we were like, me and Steve were talking, Steve Brown were talking a couple days ago. And, uh, like, there's different generations of wrestling, and even though I'm not a lot older than, like, the Mark Wheelers, the Fuerzas, and whatnot, I'm definitely a generation different than them. I'm not going to say above them, because that sounds pretentious. Yeah. It's there's just a big different. generation gap. Yes, I yeah. think we've even talked about this in Cars before, where it's just, like, it's not an age thing, it's just when you broke in, almost, because they do things very different than us. They're online, uh personas and whatnot being like we're me and you are like two of the worst at it Mm. you know like which just it's not like we've talked about this before like i love wrestling i love i don't love most things about wrestling and the constant uh like reminding everybody about what i'm doing where i'm going it's just it takes so much energy out of me i just have no interest in it whereas they they kind of grew up in the era where that's all they know so of course they're gonna do it you know, it's just a, it's a very strange thing. It also brings me to the point of, I think this quarantine's good for everybody because overexposure, overexposure is a real thing. And this lets everybody have a bit of a refresh and let everybody forget about everybody for a bit and come back and, uh, we're brand new again. Yeah. Another thing I want to talk to you about, cause we haven't talked about it at all. Cause we used to ride together every weekend and then I took the. Uh, sabbatical from smash and then uh this happened so i haven't seen you at all i i haven't talked to you at all about your trip to japan no really literally at all i saw you at the i saw you the morning of the smash show i think you got in like three days earlier yeah and i was like how was it and And i was busy uh right away filming yes yeah and you were like uh, there's not enough time that that's what it was and that was like six months ago. I still haven't talked to you about it. 
Uh, yeah. I, I, um, I haven't actually spoke too much about it, because uh, usually when people ask about it, it's, like I say, okay, well, okay what do you want to hear? Yep. Um, do you want to hear, uh, like, the short answer? Oh, it was great, you know, that type of thing. Or mm-hmm. do you want to get into, like, the nuanced weeds of, like, over the, the, the six weeks, how, how, how I felt? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's like a... There's a quite a bit to unpack with it, and um, give me the nuanced if you want to give yeah, it. I'd, I'd love to hear it because yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh it's um one of those things where you know if it, if it's I feel if if I gave anything other than 100 percent glowing praise, I look unappreciative yes, or whatever. I see what you're saying, but um it, yeah, it was uh, a mixed bag. It was it was really for me and when I start with that everyone's like oh culture shock and I'm like no nothing like that like the specifically the wrestling stuff oh um like living living there uh was, was fine I had I had really no issues doing that the other you know once I made the adjustments and everything found the grocery store to get food and you know it kind of learned what I'd be able to buy and cook and all that stuff. It, it, it was fine. I didn't really have any culture shock. Um, it was, yeah, it was more so the wrestling stuff and it was like, like and it was started right away mm-hmm. where, uh, kind of get this imposter syndrome. Okay. Yeah. So like the, the process, everything, uh, it, it, I got the opportunity, um, directly from the, the match I had with Hikitaru at, at Smash. Yep. And you, you I imagine you, you watched it. Yep. And you were there. Um, I hope, if you haven't, just everyone, you know, take a look. <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll give you a general idea of what my my baseline was uh, <laughs> about, like, what this tour was going to be like. <laughs> so so after the match, the match went great. Uh and, and I know he liked it a lot, and then, so just afterwards, I kind of, I just, you know, nothing to lose. Uh, he's here, and I just said, hey, you know, what's, I want to go to Japan, how do I do that? Yep. And, like, um, I, I knew he was involved with DDT. I didn't, I played dumb a little bit and didn't, like, explicitly say, like, hey, you know, message DDT for me. But he seemed very pleased with the match, so when I, I floated the idea out to him, he just asked me for some details. And at first I thought maybe um, he was just, like, you know, saving face or being nice. Uh, but then, like, I kind of looked over his shoulder and he was on Facebook and he was, like, sending it directly to somebody. Oh, wow. And then, so that match was in... December, uh, right? It was, yeah, it would have been December, right after Christmas. And, uh, like, shortly after Christmas. And then, like, by mid-January, I was in the process of getting the visa to go. Oh, shit, he moved fast. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it took a while to do everything, because I went in uh, like April 20th, I think, last year. Okay. It's almost, like, almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, nearly, let's see, what day is it today? 18. 18. Yeah, so, so nearly exactly a year ago. Wow. And uh, so, like, and I'm bringing that up because um, it's just, just a kind of... I guess set that, that, that tone where like that's the match that I had and who I wrestled with which just got my foot in the door. It was a it was a, like a, a comedy match that, that 
like a full blown comedy match with Psycho Mike. Like I'm like my character, full blown. Um, if I were to like package me up as as a product, it would like probably be that, right? If I were to try to find something that would could be representative of my of my body of work to show them, like that, like I couldn't pick a better match or opponent, right? <laughs> and uh, and just even over the years, I'd, I'd get from from a lot of people just you know, oh, you should go to DDT, or you'd be really good in DDT, or you know, DDT would would like you a lot because of you know the character and the comedy and all this so then when i got there i, I flew over it was like wednesday uh like i landed there wednesday night and ricky starks was uh the other it was ricky starks and mike bailey were the two other foreigners okay. on this loop with me um so i was actually i had messaged ricky starks i'd never met him before um so just kind of out of the blue um shortly before I flew out and I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm Mike. Uh, we're probably going to be married for the next little bit. Um, we just shared some information about our flights and everything. We found out that we're going to be landing at the airport at the same time. So we just said, we, you know, got a meetup point and everything. So we landed Wednesday night and I met Ricky Starks, literally seeing him in person for the first time, uh, Wednesday night. We get to the dojo, we sleep. Um, Thursday at around noon or one o'clock was when we had to leave for our first show. Okay. So it was Thursday afternoon. We're not even in the country for 24 hours yet. <laughs> we get to that show and basically right away, it's it's like, okay, uh, you two, what's your tag team name? What's your tag team finish? And all this. <laughs> and it's just, wait, what? It's like, oh, we're going to build you up uh, for a, a tag title match at the Corquin Hall in, in two weeks. Jesus. Like not even, I think it wasn't Jesus. even two weeks. It would have been 10 days. So we had that, we had the Thursday show, and then we had the we, a weekend loop, and then the week off, and then I think it was like the next Saturday we were having a tight title match. And I just, I'm just like, what? This is extremely, like, jarring. Yeah, and, no kidding. Um, Do you got jet lag still at this point? No, jet lag was fine. I was, yeah, I was fine. Um, probably not 100%, but yeah, it wasn't like a huge issue. But it was just also... Like I just met this guy. Yeah, you don't even know if we you have chemistry. Yeah, we, and we don't know any. And we're, so we're talking about our, our characters and stuff. And uh, like we, I mean, we had done that, but like before while we we're waiting at the airport, and you know, he does like his one eight hundred Starkline Playboy gimmick. He's you know smooth and suave, and like I'm like like quirky and you know like stubborn and and and, and shy and bashful and like you know all that. Like we're complete polar opposites, right? Yeah. Which can can work. Oh, absolutely. But Just... the other thing was is that like our like ring styles, we're very like, personality based, right? We're very like especially with me, like my a lot of my work requires a, a bit of nuance, mm -hmm. and I didn't realize how much how dependent I was on the English language <laughs> for, to, for a lot of that to get that to not even get it to to work necessarily, but to, to communicate it to the people I'm working with. So in that first match we had, it was Ricky and I against uh, Bailey and Mao. Okay. Uh, so Mike Bailey was in it, which I'm, I'm lucky. Like I, if he wasn't in that match, I probably, I probably would have been sent home like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, there was a tag team, uh, or sorry, a stable there called Damnation, um, which I, I basically worked with some combination of them and 
at least half my matches over the tour. And so this this one was uh, Shimatani and uh, uh, Pakal were the two. And neither of them spoke English. Jesus. Um, there were very little. Uh, Bailey uh, was good. He's good at speaking Japanese. And uh, Mao was uh, bilingual. So we're putting together this match, but we're slowly learning that they want us to look strong. Okay. Like, they want us to look like, like good, Beaters. strong wrestlers. And I just, like, like right off the bat, like, we're, we're on the, like, I'm on the wrong foot, at least. Where it's just, okay, so I have to, like, look strong, and I have to figure out, like, a tag team finish that we're going over with in, the, in this match. And, like, we're trying to, like, Ricky and I are trying to come up with these tag spots, but what ended up happening is that um, the Damnation guys were, like, calling stuff mm-hmm. on their own. Uh, with with Mao and and Bailey and going over like the same parts of the match, and like we like Ricky and I hadn't like spoken about it, and we're just kind of like sitting there waiting. And we're literally it's backstage, and they're walking through, like the two of them are going over like an opening shine spot, and we're we're about to have start the match in ten minutes. Jesus, that's to this day just, that like, stresses I'm me out. out because like like so if this was happening here, I'd be like whatever, like I can tell you what i'm gonna do right yeah uh like i can i can quickly it, it's fine but it's like, like here it's just there's so many things that, that are taking me out of my my zone where it's like i haven't tagged with ricky before um we don't have spots with each other we just made stuff up yeah. we don't know how it's gonna work we our tag finish i wasn't even like happy with it's just like it, it just like all this stuff and um and then like we, I, I, it's like a miracle that we were able to sort it out. But the parts that we were supposed to come in, where we were supposed to look strong, like we didn't have time, like the call stuff. Okay. It was just yeah, d- double whip, double close, whatever. You know, uh, it, we we probably looked like uh, like a couple of like stereotypical American wrestlers stylistically, mm-hmm. and um, so to start that match. So what? So before the show started, uh, the the ring announcer had come up to me, and um, had asked, like like you know, weight and everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember asked. So I said, uh, "What are you announcing me as?" And then they showed me the name, and it was Mike Rollins. And I said, "No, uh, Psycho Mike, please," because I I hate being called Mike Rollins ever since ever since uh, Tyler Black went to FCW. I oh really? Once referred to myself with the Rollins surname. It's always been Psycho Mike. So I lose my mind when whenever I see Rollins anywhere. So <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's answered funny. the phone and you said Mike Rollins. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed where I went. Ugh. <laughs> it's, it's Psycho Mike. Like Mike Rollins is. It's not an interesting name. It's there's a guy on TV that's that's using it already. Like Psycho Mike is so much better. Yeah. Um. Anyways. So I said, like, please, Psycho Mike, because if I'm going to, if there's going to be any visibility of me on this tour, and you're just looking over a match card, right? And if you see, like, Shimutani versus Mike Rollins, you're like, okay, some whatever, some, like, American wrestler or whatever. Yeah. But you see Psycho Mike, it at least would catch your attention. That was my hope. Sure. Um, but So when he was doing that, he also asked me to confirm my music, and I sent him the July, uh, a summer dress, July talk, the thing that I've been using forever. Mm-hmm. And um, so that told me that I'm coming out to that music on that show. So when the match started, um, Ricky and I were like, are we come? I, 
we didn't know if we were supposed to go together or not. And so his music plays. And so he goes out. And I'm thinking, like, they asked me for, to confirm my music. I imagine they're going to use it for me to come out. Absolutely. So Ricky is there. And then, like, like Mao and Bailey, everyone runs off and like, Mike, like, you got to go out. You got to go out. Like, Ricky's already out there. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's, we're doing separate entrances. Like, no, you're not. It's like, well, they asked me to confirm my music. This isn't my, my music. It's like, no, you got to go out. <laughs> So I go through the curtain and like Ricky's already in the ring posing on the turnbuckle. And I'm like, this is awkward as fuck. That's so right? awkward. So like right away, I'm just like kind of like ushering myself to the ring and I, I, I can't show. I'm like, all right, I gotta like, like be in. Like how I, I, I was so out of my element. Yeah, play it um, like you meant to. Like it's yeah, it just and then they like. I, I imagine in Japanese they're like, "Oh, and also coming out to the ring." But it's but like a mic. but you're right Michael, though, Michael. You know, and it's just like normally, like you know, I kind of have that little like dance and strut that I come out to. Yeah, and everything. I, 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 like right away, like I need that. I didn't yeah. realize how much I need that just to like set the tone for me. Sure, I didn't have it on that match. And I'm sure um, if this was done in in Canada or an English-speaking country, you could have made that work no problem. You just jaw jack to the crowd a little bit, you know, you make it work. When, yeah, I would just be like, oh, sorry, I uh, I was taking a shit. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, so I, I don't know how awkward it looked to them, but, like, right away, it's just, these guys aren't their team. Yeah. Like, and I felt it right away. Uh, and the match started, and, like, sure, the match, you know, I got to do, like, a bit of personality stuff, but it wasn't, like, I wasn't doing, like, comedy wrestling really right because mm-hmm. it's just they need me to look strong and like i'm not good at that at all right like looking strong like, what the hell does that mean like i you know how many times in in my independent wrestling uh career and we've been on we've been on the the like main roster on the on on for promotion for together for a really long time yep something that always happens is like I get over doing an act and then someone says, Oh, like, okay, you're getting over. Let's push you up the card, like title match, title run or whatever. And then it's, it's working. And then suddenly when I get to that point, it's just like, well, you got to start taking things a bit more seriously now. And I'm like, I like, take everything I do seriously. Yes. It, I know. It and, and it's just like, why are you asking me to, to change though? Because you want me to appear that I'm taking things more seriously, but in the process of doing that, I'm not taking it, seriously in reality and it's going to suffer and, and it always falls flat on its face yeah like why why change what what's getting me over and it's because there's this weird notion that like a, a main eventer has to behave and wrestle a certain way which i detest like i i reject that hypothesis um <laughs> but i was definitely feeling it during this and, and it's because like i can't drive the tone of the match because i can't communicate the nuance of it of what i'm trying to do yeah for sure I so get i'm it. just going like, i'm kind of like going through the motions and um i'm basically right away in that match so i figured i'm gonna like do some my, my flashier stuff i'm gonna fit it in as much as possible so i did the taker dive oh nice um which really like, i remember when we were calling the spot uh because like I'm basically telling Mao and Bailey what I want to do, and then they're telling Takao and Shimitani what it is. So um, when they're like doing the dive, calling we're calling the dive spot. I said uh, I'm gonna do uh, you know the the big. I just said like you know the jump over the top. I can't remember what the thing is called. Yeah. 
uh, like, you know, the Undertaker died. And then, uh, so, like, Mao tells Takao that, and Takao looks at me and goes, oh, cool. <laughs> like, the only English that I heard him say. <laughs> um, so I go to do the dive. I get caught by nobody, and I hit my head on a steel chair in the front row. Really? And, and lose feeling in my left arm. Oh. Right away. Like, the, like one of the first things I do in the match and, uh, and, and that, 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 had, that fucked me up for like two weeks. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, Did literally like nobody my, catch you? You fell right through? You see the picture? There's a picture of me in midair, and it like actually looks like I'm just being guided directly to the chair. Really? Wow. But I million-dollar babied my head on, on the chair, um, and I imagine just like the like how jarring it was, like momentarily pinched a nerve or something. Sure, yeah. And it was my left arm is the, the one that I... You know, someone recently had surgically repaired, mm -hmm. so I was really concerned about it. And then it, uh, you know, like I'm not the like tightest or smoothest or most graceful wrestler as it is, and that made me lose like three steps for the first two weeks okay. of the tour when I was supposed to be looking strong, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, it, it was hard. So right away. Um, and then that weekend, I had a few more tag matches with Ricky. The same thing, like we're being put over, and just like I'm getting with him on the on the off hours, and just like I'm just taking stuff that like I had done with with Pepper. Okay. Know? Just like just let's just let's just do it. Um, and but he seemed very content with doing his own stuff. Sure. Yeah. Which is fine. I he get had his own spots, but like they didn't work in the contents in the context of like a, uh, a competent, coherent team being built up for a tag title match. Yeah, um, you look like two they, singles wrestlers. They, they worked. They would work really well in, like, we're two random people paired together in, like, a six-man tag, and we're kind of having an exhibition match. Yep. Um, so, like, our approaches to it were, were very, very different. So I was, like, just calling a bunch of stuff, trying to make us look like a tag team. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if it just made more sense for me to not do that and just kind of like, yeah, we'll just be two singles guys doing our own things, but we're, we're doing promos together and, you know, we have a tag team finish. So it's like, I don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, so we did that show and then, uh, had the Friday off and then we did a Saturday Sunday. And I think the Saturday had a tag match that I was able to get through. Sunday, I think I had my only uh, like one-on-one -on -one signals match, and it was with uh, Yoshimura, and it was my favorite match of the tour. Oh no, shit, eh? And that got the win back because um, his 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 English was pretty good, so I could uh, communicate. Um, and I got like you know, typically my matches start a bit slower. I, like I kind of front load them a bit to get characters over, and like I pitched a bunch of ideas to him. Uh, and he liked them all. We did them all. And then for like that little stretch, you know, we're suplexing the shit out of each other and all that. And I love the match. Is it online anywhere? No. And oh. I'm about to tell you why it's oh. not online. So at one point in the match, uh, we were going to do a spot where um, he, he would fight back, hit the rope. I was going to follow through, do the baseball slide to the floor, trip him, and then steal Phil Atlas's spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then when I did the baseball slide, because uh, I'm, I'm nearsighted, so I actually can't see, when, I don't, when I'm wrestling, I can't see past the ropes. Yes. It's like pretty blurry. 
so I was running, and I remember seeing uh, the cameraman there, <laughs> right in the middle of the the ring apron, and I was just like, I like I had to make a split second decision whether I was gonna not do this thing, but so I like in in this split second, I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna go and baseball slide, and I can get to the right of the camera person, no problem this is going to be okay so i do the baseball slide and uh and i my heel uh, what i was told just like barely caught the clip of the lens Shit. but it like it, it got it and the camera like stopped functioning for the the rest of that match and i didn't know about it at the time i didn't actually feel it. i thought i completely missed the person mm -hmm. and then we do this whatever the spot on the floor we go finish the match i'm feeling really good about it and then uh, somebody came up to me and said that I broke the camera, and this is like my third gig, and I'm already like feeling like like I'm fucking everything up as it is, you know. And I'm apologizing profusely, and they're telling me it's okay, um, just to be more careful. And then I was like, "Hey, shit! Like, is this as long as like I'm not in trouble or, or whatever? Uh, I don't have heat, or as long as it makes me look bad, I was feeling okay." And then. Um, and then uh, so I went out to watch the rest of the show, and I asked like, some, why somebody was filming on an iPad. So the, they replaced the camera with an iPad, and I thought that was strange. So I just asked, why are they using an iPad and not like a, camera? a backup camera or um, just doing the rest on like the hard cam or something? And for whatever reason, this show, they didn't have a hard camera set up. Uh. And... and like I actually got a little like mad about that because it's like they're like every I think literally every other show that they filmed had a hard camera, and all the they're putting all the stuff on their their channel and just this day there wasn't a hard cam at this one, and I went and I, that's when I realized like oh my god this this single the only singles match I'm gonna have on this tour that I am super happy with which is legitimately one of my favorite matches that I've ever had. They won't be able to put it online because they would have lost. They wouldn't have footage for like the last seven minutes of it or Ugh. whatever. Yeah. So you, you can't. So yeah. So then when I got home and I was like telling Olivia how good the match was and everything. And she's like, ah, they didn't put it up. And then that was why. And uh, like if there's one reason why I don't go back, I definitely think it's that show. Really? Eh? I think so. Yeah. Um, Even though it was obviously an accident, you think they'd still... Yeah, so there's uh, Jordan, um, who's uh, one of their their uh, young boys, and I mean that as a term of endearment. Um, mm -hmm. He's one of their students. Uh, he's like an Australian guy, and uh, so he was he, he helped us or helped me out a lot, just kind of acclimating to everything. So when I was asking him about it, I'm like, "What's your honest opinion?" And uh, like about like am I like screwed here? You know, like I've I've heard that they, they sent people home for like things less than this, mm -hmm. right? And he said, no, they'll probably if they have insurance and everything. Like it's not a money thing. They'll, they'll probably actually be more angry at the cameraman. And I'm like, oh okay. And I was I had me tilted for the the rest of the tours because like in the back of my head, I'm just thinking like the whole time, like do they do they even like me? Because I was getting very little feedback. On yeah. anything too very very rarely was i getting any feedback you'd almost want bad feedback more than like just give me something yeah it just in its uh you know like the, the only thing i took solace in was that i like i've heard 
was told that, like from Bailey, said they'll let you know if something was shitty or absolutely exceptional. Okay. If they say like, um, like oh yes, good, you know, uh, very good, fun, easy, like it's not like here, uh, that could be interpreted as somebody blowing you off or whatever. But it apparently, it was no issue, and no one had ever, other than like one spot that I forgot, no one had ever at any point said like like what what the fuck yeah yeah <laughs> um so that yeah and then uh that kind of yeah that, that's the kind of like the the tone that it set for the rest of it mm-hmm. and um then we did the match at cork and hall and i absolutely hated it um it was uh basically the same match as the the first show just um one of the damnation guys were different but it was like really the same thing and that was one where Bailey gave us the Iggy's that come up with a bunch of ideas. Okay. And then uh, Ricky and I... like Bailey is the best. I just want to throw that out there. Like, he's really yeah, just an exceptional human being. Yeah, and um, so this is when, uh, like, Ricky and I, like, our, you know, oil and water started coming to a head. Yep. Because, um, like, we, we had no chemistry. We weren't gelling on anything. I, I think... I think him and I would have gotten along really, really, really well if we weren't, like, put in this situation. Yeah. But, um, like, I, 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 so, anyway, so for that match, like, Bailey said to come up with ideas and stuff because it's, like, this is the show that people are going to want to go at and everything. So I had a bunch of ideas, um, a bunch with, with Ricky, uh, and then just like some other things. And it wasn't stuff like I want to come in and do three power bombs. It was more stuff related to the personality that I, and the character that I wanted to get over because what had happened, um, was that, so for that, that one, the first weekend of shows, like I think I'd done maybe two or three matches and we were waiting to do, we're waiting at their head office to catch a bus to the next set of shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's probably the following Saturday, because I think the Cork and one Hall one was the, the Sunday. I'm waiting at the head office, and and uh, uh, Takeshita, like one of their top guys, comes up to me. And he speaks; his, he's very he's fluent in English, um, but like I hear him talking to some of the office guys and some people on the roster, and then they come over. He comes over to me and says, uh, "So when do you do Psycho Mike?" Ooh. And it was such a, like, like I didn't know how to understand that. I couldn't, like, what does that question mean? Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, my first thought was, like, oh, like, they must think I'm boring or not or not doing it. And, like, I'm trying to, like, like process it with, with the, the language barrier. Yeah, um, that's a startling while, while comment. speaking English, it's the, you know, the, the context of the question or the language is, you know, not there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? In my head, I'm thinking, like, they're probably wondering why I'm not doing, like, the Kikotaru stuff. But, like, how am I supposed to do that stuff when I'm, like, tagging with Ricky? And, like, I'm in matches where, like, I can't, like, actually say anything. Like, literally half the matches that I've, I've had, I've had, like, like no input in. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, or maybe they think I'm boring. I was like, oh. so I just, like, I'm uttered out, like, oh, I, I, I don't understand. Uh, I think I just said I don't understand the question. Turns around, they talk a bit more, and he said, "Oh, uh, Kikutaru said uh, 
you have Mind of Mike. <laughs> mind of Mike? Mind of Mike. And I went, oh, the, the conscience, the, the voice that, that speaks to me. Oh. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I kind of click. I'm like, oh, they probably think I'm Mike Rollins, and that's Psycho Mike. Oh, which is yeah. Like, like it. That, that's that's my interpretation. No, of I it. I think you're right. That makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and which might have been why, like, on that first night, they they may have because there was a bit of confusion when I told them I wanted to be psych. They call me Psycho Mike. Yeah. And I, and I thought like it like it just maybe language barrier. But like maybe there was a sense of confusion there, so it's all kind of like coming together, and then so for like the next thirty minutes, as we're waiting for the bus, like I'm telling them, I'm, I'm trying to explain the gimmick to them, mm-hmm. and I said, yeah, and uh, the the conscience um, speaks to me, and it's like, oh, like, like how someone in microphone, and I was like, you know, like, oh, I uh, I record it beforehand, and then. Um, someone plays it like you know i'm explaining the, the process of it and i'm also trying to explain why that process may not work here because they can't understand there's enough time and then there's again the language thing uh where i'm not going to be able to like do it in japanese so maybe and they're like oh maybe and you know they mentioned somebody else that was there but then they're like, how oh, but his voice is too familiar so like they're like they're brainstorming stuff and i'm like oh this is exciting yeah and um so there's uh Dino, the, the guy, the, the the dick flip guy, the, the Din Chico or whatever. Yeah. Name. Yep. So uh, he, I'm speaking to him, and so before going to the doing the tour, like he was the one that I imagined having a match with. Um, so like I'm trying to pitch to him the idea, and like I'm even telling him ideas for a match that we could have where it's like, and, uh, and his English is pretty good, but still, like it's a language barrier, and I'm trying to pitch this idea is he's asking like what does the conscience what does the voice tell you and like that's such a hard question to answer yeah it's like because it, it's so context dependent like, yes. that's what i mean where there's, there's nuance to this and i was so like i just uttered out um sometimes good advice sometimes bad advice and like you know they're like trying to understand but then when i was talking to uh dino about it like i was like, telling him an idea of like you know like maybe and I'm not trying to like make fun of uh, the, the Japanese cadence when I'm like saying this. No, I, I, I slowly learned that um, like being very deliberate with with syllables and things like that. Like it sounds like I, I didn't do it at first because I thought they would think I was making fun of them. Yeah, I think so but, too. But there, I remember like I said jackhammer, and I was like, huh? And then, and he's uh, I said jackhammer, and he goes, oh, Jaku uh, Hamaru, or you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like oh, and that's that was kind of a clicking point for me. It's like I just I just need to speak like this because they're very deliberate with their syllables. Okay. They only have a finite number of syllables compared to the English language. Um, but yeah, so I was like you know like maybe uh, you know open uh, trunks. Uh, I I'm curious what's inside. You know I, I go to take a look. The voice tells me uh, like what's in this. You know asks what's in his trunks. So it tells me I should look. And then I go look, and then you try to put my head. Like I'm trying to pitch this idea for a spot. Sure. And that's kind of the process that I, that I would do with this character or gimmick. Is what's the thing that you literally do all the time? I'm just going to add a bit of context or flavor to it. Uh, that's kind of what I, I try to do. Where it's like a spot that doesn't make sense. Well, the voice is the thing that will provide the context that like it, it makes sense in this universe. Yeah, it's the narrator uh, of the. 
Yeah, and Man. I can't explain that uh, in Eng- like in, in English with I, can't, I probably couldn't use the word narrator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pitching all of these ideas. And I'm actually pulling up like old matches, like I'm showing them the one I had with with Cody Deaner at Smash. Right? Oh yeah, and uh, I was kind of getting excited because it's like this is this is this is what I have to offer and everything. And then it's like, okay, so maybe not this week, maybe next weekend, you know? So they, they seemed to like the idea, but then every weekend I'd show up to the shows and, um, oh, not enough time today, or, uh, you know, the equipment not good today, maybe tomorrow. Uh, and then it kept getting delayed until it was, uh, we think, uh, Corquin Hall, because we did another one at the end of the tour. It's like, uh, maybe it works better at Corquin Hall, bigger stadium. And um, so, like, I had this you know, this dream of doing the, the psycho my conscience gimmick at, gimmick at Corquin Hall. Like, and how, how cool be huge. that would be. Be huge. And then, and then uh, I ended up doing a, a, a dark match with Ricky Starks. You know, and it's just like, uh, well, like, what, fuck. Yeah. Like, it, like I, um, there were like a few bright spots where I'd get into these matches that went really well. Um, and there were certain people I was gelling and working really well with, and then other times it was just because, like, I understand that this is a full time schedule for them where they're doing the, these loops all the time. So when they get put in a six man tag match, I guess you know, it's an eight, eight minute six man tag match, it's, it's a uh, day off. It's supposed to be a break. Yeah, it's supposed to be their day off. But for me, it's you know, I, I flew halfway across the world to, or literally like on the other side of the planet to be here, and I don't. It's hard for me to like. Have a day off. Phone it in. Yep. Um, and I, I generally don't like being a broomstick in somebody else's match, so I'd always try to add my own flavor. And depending on who it was, it's just they they they, they would have their match that they'd want to do, and like the foreigner's job is just to um like the it's kind of like the paint by numbers thing. Like the foreigner's job is to like they have their foreigner's part in the the template yeah. or whatever it was. Um, don't mean to like disparage it or anything, but no, it's no, no. kind of the, 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 the process. And it took me a while, I guess, to, to realize that, but some of the matches I wouldn't like really feel fulfilled, um, from the outside looking in, they had, did go very well, but I was also trying to approach it where like, I have something unique or special to offer. And if I'm just another foreigner coming in, um, and you can displace me with another foreigner, then like why? Yeah, you're not going to stand out ever. Yeah, like why? Why bring me back? And like you know, like I'm thinking, always constantly thinking about how Joey Ryan does uh, like a throwaway dick flip spot in an opening spot in a six man tag match mm-hmm. that took the world by storm, right? Yep. Which is literally like this like throwaway spot originally. Right? That's, that's all it was. Um, because that's how the matches work, these six-man matches. Like, two people pair, do a spot, you know, double touch. Two people pair, do a spot, double touch. Two people pair, do a spot, you know, double, you know, heat or something. And that was just a spot at the beginning of the match. So I'm always like, thinking about this where there's that saying where there's there's no small parts, there's only small actors. Oh, good call. Yeah, so good it's call. like, oh, okay, so it might be a small part of the match, but I'm not going to be a s- small wrestler. I'm going to make the most of it. And Sometimes it worked because I would pitch something and then they'd come back like oh yeah that's good and then and then maybe this and then we can kind of go back and forth and i'm like this is great um and then other times just like uh maybe next time and this time we just take it easy 
Yeah, and uh, and even the stuff, it wasn't like hard stuff for us. Again, like I'm not saying, well, I need to get my power bomb in or anything like that. It was just new. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to, um, you know. It's times like that, like, and I'm just saying it because oh. I've been in that position. Oh. It, it, it's a different position that you were in, but like there are times in wrestling where it's like you have to be selfish. You feel like a dick, but... Yeah, you almost like, have to go into business for yourself. There, right? It's, it's like I can't be selfish in front of exactly. Yeah, the, the, the seventeen-year you're the foreigner or whatever. No, I get but yeah, it. It reminded me quite a bit. I had a lot of the same feelings as uh, of that I'd have when I'd get like a a Ring of Honor dark match. That's like a six-man tag, and you know, it's just okay. I can be a good citizen here, and maybe that works, or maybe. Or I can be selfish and get my shit in, and maybe that works. Yeah. Like, either thing could work, either thing could blow up in your face. Absolutely. Depending on who you're working with and who's watching and what their feelings and opinions are uh, at a given point in time. Um, so, like, my, my approach was just kind of, like, to, to ask, like, maybe this, and hoping that if, if my idea was good or convincing, we would do it. And, um, and then I just slowly learning... Uh, you know, like who, like stylistically would be receptive to that, and you know who stylistically would not be, and just kind of treading those waters. to that. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, I, like, I did hit my groove. I'd say maybe halfway through it, uh, I had, a, I had a, I shit the bed in one of them towards the end of the tour, where I just completely forgot a spot. Um, yeah, it happens. And it was like, uh, and I don't know why. It was just. I, it was weird. So I was gonna do the the, the, the sit up spot with somebody, because uh, I hadn't done it yet. And I just like needed an idea for a um, like an opening thing. And I just like I, I'm just gonna like keep trying different things to see if anything catches on or whatever and Absolutely. gets over. So I was trying this, the the sit up spot. So he's you know hitting me down and everything. And then the thing was supposed to be, I understood it that he's gonna hit the ropes, go for an elbow drop. I was gonna sit up one last time. And okay. then we were going to finish it off with a little payoff. So I, like, I, I bumped, and it was like I bumped, and I thought I had time. And then just, it seemed like before I even hit the ground, he was jumping in the air for the big elbow drop. Oh. And I'm like, if I sit up, like I'm just going to compress my spine. And then uh, he lands on me. So instead of being like, I probably could have just rolled out of the way, but I, I kind of just froze. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I just took the elbow drop, and, um, like, really, it's not a big deal. It's just, like, I take an elbow drop, I could sell, and then we could work up and then do, like, the last spot, right? Yeah. But then language barrier, and then, like... Oh, yeah, it's right hard away, to get there. Just, like, he's on me, he tags out to the next guy uh, on his team, and uh, and then it was just, like, this kind of awkward thing where I'm, like, I guess I just tag out to my person so we can start the next part of the match. Um and I think it's one of those things where if I was working with somebody uh, here or somebody with like Engl- um, that I could communicate with, yeah, it'd be a non-issue. Something, right? Yeah. So I felt like shit, especially in that match where that was uh, like the one like one spot that I had, and then I was basically, you know, six minutes ring apron or on the floor, and I had I think one other spot in for the finish, and that was it. So like fifty percent of the match, I of my parts, I like I fucked up. Yeah. So then just in the back, um, 
uh, like he came back and just kind of like, oh, you know, what happened? And I just said, I forgot. I'm sorry. And then Bailey translated it uh, for me. And he's like, oh, okay. And then, like, he could probably see how, uh, like, upset I was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, for sure. You know, my, my, face, my face is, I, I guess I have a weird face that's hard to read. But um, I think he asked Bailey if I was mad. And Bailey said, uh, no, just, he's, you know, I tried to explain I'm upset with myself for forgetting. Yep. Um, but it makes me wonder, like, culturally, like, how is that interpreted? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I kind of wear my yeah, feelings on my sleeve. And it's just, uh, you know, maybe he thinks I'm not easy now well have you had contact with ddt at all since coming home no nothing eh yeah and it's uh like i don't know what what like a few times during it there was allusions to um like next time yeah oh next time maybe like so with the conscience gimmick they so when i found i wasn't going to do it they just said yeah maybe uh maybe next time we do it next time and i'm thinking okay but um jordan had told me that uh they, they usually like he asked, like, "Oh, did they bring you into the office yet to talk about anything?" And uh, it's like, uh, "No." It's like, "Oh yeah, usually uh, just expect by before sometime before the end of the tour, they'll they'll ask you to come to the the office and then they'll like talk about like the future or yeah, something." Yeah, make plans. Yeah, and then uh, they didn't do that. Oh, shit. Um, so, but uh, like with neither Ricky or myself, mm-hmm. um, but um, they were also like in the process of moving. Oh yeah, offices too, right? So it's that might have something to do with it, but it, it's hard to read. Like I, I don't know. And um, my my only point of contact was Kikataru, and uh, I, he's not involved with them anymore. Is my understanding? Oh really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I really don't know what to do. And like I'm like I'm kind of like I'm op- I'm opening up about you know I'm being honest about my my experience with it, and um, it might sound like. I was unhappy. Um, wasn't like I was mistreated or anything like that. And I know I know that a lot of it was kind of self-inflicted, or I was putting a lot of it on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but going through it once, like I, I do feel that going back, I have a much better baseline or understanding of what to expect. Absolutely, I, I, would. Would, do, I would do much, much, much better. Yeah. Um, it's just like I, I just don't know if, if that's in the cards. Uh, right now, because like, I I I don't know what they think. I didn't get much feedback. Uh, one of the last matches I had there, which I'd say is other than the singles, was my favorite one. It was a, it was another six man tag, but um, it was with people that I'd worked with on the tour already, and like I, I got I was involved in the match a lot. I got a lot of stuff in, and usually they have these longer finishing stretches, even in the six man matches. So I was involved in that one. So got to do a bunch of cool stuff. I was getting like my springboard drop kicks in. Oh, nice! Like the leap to the top, all that the cool stuff. And then um, I got uh, feedback about that one, saying it was great. So, like, I think it was the second last match of the tour. Um, so, like, I kind of went out on a, a good note. Where, like, as as I was saying, Bailey mentioned, they'll let you know if it's absolutely shit, or they'll let you know if it's like really good. Mm-hmm. And that one I got, that match was really good. Oh, that's awesome then. So at least you got you know, something. There were six of us, yeah. And like Ricky, Ricky was in that one too. And and um, by that point, Ricky and I like were no longer really, I think after that first Corquin Hall show, like we weren't like, really tagging much anymore. We'd end up in the, sometimes we'd end up in the same match on the same team. 
but that pressure wasn't on us like of being like a coherent tag team yeah. or anything and like i felt so much better about those matches and i kind of wish ricky and i started that way and then at the end of the tour and yeah grew uh, some chemistry and then became a tag team yeah and then but even that it just kind of we could establish our, our our characters or personalities more without having to like meet a certain goal or objective yeah absolutely that um, makes sense and then once we're more familiar with everything and hopefully people familiar with us yeah okay then we can cut a bit back on the character stuff and do more like strong tag team stuff and it's still like people still understand who we are um and i also think him and i would have gotten along much much better too because i liked him a lot as a person it was just um if we weren't gelling yeah uh, and i get it there you you guys met and then all of a sudden there's a ton of pressure on you too and yeah like just like our, our processes, the our philosophies were weren't in alignment. Yeah. Um, and uh, like he he committed one of the psycho Mike cardinal sins. Uh oh. Uh, telling me what my character would and wouldn't do. Oh which, yeah yeah. Which is a huge huge pet peeve of mine. Because uh, I hate when people like I like absolutely hate when people say uh, you know like. Why would my like, why my character wouldn't do that? And it's like, well, of course he would. He's crazy. And I'm just like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Um, and he didn't mean anything like ill will by it, but just a, an idea he pitched. And it just uh, caught me probably on the like the wrong day at the wrong time when I was already um, like feeling uh, a lot of you know the feelings that I've been talking about. And uh, yeah, so it was. Like I, I really, I really, I really wish, uh, yeah, the circumstances between him and I were, were different because I, on the off hours, I really enjoyed spending time with him. Yeah. Um, and then like by the end of the tour, yeah, like we were in the same matches and it, it just, I felt so much better. I'm sure there's um, no ill will. He's doing well on his own now in NWA yeah. and whatnot. Like, it's not like that halted oh, no. yeah, yeah, anyone's right. career. Yeah. But we, 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 we had some pretty honest talks too, because, um, we both actually did feel the same way, right? So whatever I told you yeah. about how the tour started, he, he, he had very comparable feelings of just, like, he wasn't expecting that either, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so we were both kind of in the, the, the same boat. Um, but yeah, I think that's about the gist of it. <laughs> uh, other than, uh, like, Bailey, um, like, just, yeah, we... I, I'm glad uh, he was there. Um, so I, I never really spent much time with him before. Mm-hmm. Um, R- Ricky, Ricky was a uh, maybe a bit more introverted, I think, because he he tended to do things a bit more on his own. Um, but Mike Bailey and I were like glued at the hip for five weeks, and um, like yeah, I wouldn't have traded that one for the world. I I'm really glad I got to to do that with him. And it's just just to have a familiar face too. Yeah, like oh, just, uh, like he we, it was weird because we started getting into the, these conversations and like I was talking about things that I I, I wouldn't normally talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, we spent a lot. Yeah, I've I love that guy. I get it, man. He's the fucking yeah. best. I just saw him for the first time, not the first time, but first time in a while at a show in Hamilton and he watched my match and he just gave like great feedback, but he has a way of talking to you 
It's not talking down. It's yeah. just like he's giving me so much feedback, but he's presenting yeah. it in such a way like not only did I learn just from what he was telling me in ring I can improve, just how he's communicating it. Yeah, we we got a lot of um not not heated, but like debates. Yeah. About wrestling stuff and like ph- philosophies and he you know, he he told me his way of thinking about stuff and uh I think I challenged him a bit too where I wasn't just um like, oh, yes, yes, they're three bags full, sir, you know, kind of, you know, okay, I'll sit under your learning tree, and then I would challenge him on, on some things, where, like, you know, I, I think about it this way, and then he would challenge me back, you know, things like that, so they weren't, they were never boring mm-hmm. conversations, but, uh, like, he, he would uh, definitely do things to just get on my nerves a bit, too, <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, so I remember once, uh, so um, when we got to the share house for the first time, because uh, we stayed at the dojo for 10 days mm-hmm. before, you know, they lost the building at the end of the month. Um, so I was, so they had to, we went to a share house and then we're looking around, we're trying to figure out, you know, where we get food and everything. So we're at the grocery store and I, I'm still trying to figure out prices and it's just, well, I can't buy apples every day because they're ungodly expensive here, but you know, bananas are cheap. So I guess that'll be my like one of my staples yeah and i couldn't figure out what to do with vegetables uh and so i just bought some frozen ones and um he's, he's giving me a hard time about buying frozen vegetables he's like why are you buying them frozen and i just said oh you know because like i can just whack away of them they're easy they're cheap and he's like well yeah they got all these fresh vegetables here and he's like look at these ones these ones are cheaper than those and he's, he's just get, getting on me about it like for a whole week <laughs> Just keeps bringing up that I brought frozen vegetables, and I just like we're on the subway, this crowded subway. And I'm just like, why the fuck do you keep asking me about these frozen vegetables? <laughs> like this is driving me nuts. Why do you care what, what how I eat my vegetables? And he just looks at me and he says, "We got five more weeks together. We got to talk about something." Like, you, you, you motherfucker, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, like right when he said that, I was just like, yeah, this. I like this guy. <laughs> He's a good dude, man. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then there was another time where he, uh, this is, this is going to get a bit personal for a moment, but, um, my, uh, half brother from, uh, Andrew from lives in, uh, Sherbrooke. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're wondering why, whenever I do the, uh, like shows in Montreal, um, I always go on, usually the FLQ ones, I'll go on my own. Yep. And it's because I'll see my brother. And so, while I was there, uh, Olivia um, told me that uh, my, he had, they found a brain tumor. Shit. And uh, so we're on a, a subway to, I think it might have been the first Cork and Hall show. Yeah, I think we were transiting. Yeah, so on that first show, it might, might not have been that one, but... Uh, and so I'm on the train, and we're, you know, usually just mind your own business, and um, we get, I just get Wi-Fi, and I catch, I'm catching up on stuff. And then Olivia told me, and she said, "I'm only telling you because, um, you know, your your mom has mentioned it on Facebook, and I didn't want you finding out, like, on a status update or something." Yeah, that's fair. So she told me, and I just started bawling my eyes out in the train, on the, on, the, on the train, and then Bailey looks up, and he's like, "What happened?" And, like, I couldn't say anything. And he just, like, came over and sat next to me and, you know, 
he didn't make fun of me or anything like that and just like sat there with me for like the rest of the ride and I was just I told him what happened and he's talking me through it um and then like for the rest of the like the loop he was he would follow up on it Mm -hmm. and then you know I you know tell him something like oh yeah you know his because he had uh he had actually had to have brain uh, surgery. Jeez. Um, yeah, so they they, they took a, like a sample of it because they needed to um, test it to see if it was like benign or anything like that. So like I'm like Bailey was he was asking for all the updates and everything and um, whatever there was you know good news or as good as the news could be in that circumstance. Like you know just very genuine. Like I'm really glad to hear that type thing. So, yeah. No, oh, that's awesome, man. Like yeah. it, that kind of like those friendships and the camaraderie, like that's, I think the takeaways when this is all said and done, that's what we remember the most. The laughs, yeah. you know, uh, the matches, they're always a good time, but they kind of blend into each other after a while. It's the, it's yeah. those moments that stand out. Yeah. There's like a, yeah, like it's, it's, it's Particular moments and matches stick out too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. One of, my, one of the favorite ones from that. Uh, so I had a, f- a bunch of matches with Bailey during the tour, and there was one where um, he did the moonsault knees to me on the, the ring apron. Yep. And his toe caught me in the face, and like he like he knew he 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 knew he like landed right on top of me. So I rolled to the floor, and he asks, "Are you okay?" And I said, "No." Mm-hmm. And and then after the match, he's like coming up to you. Coming, he comes up to me, uh, and he's just like, "Oh my god! Like, are you okay? Are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm fine. Why are you so worried? I told you I was fine." <laughs> he's like, "No, I asked if you were okay, and you said no." And I said, I'm like, "Oh, I thought you asked if I was hurt." <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just like, oh no! Like, I literally I asked the opposite question. <laughs> I remember once so for the rest of the match, he thought I was like like completely fucked. And you're just working great. And it's like, oh, it's just like, oh no, don't worry about it. I I remember when we worked for A one in like uh, the Dirty Dogs. Yeah. And I kicked you right in the eye. Yeah. And I I remember I knew I kicked you in the eye. It was an accident, so I'll say. And uh, I grabbed you. I was like, "Are you okay?" And you said, "No, I can't see." And went to the outside. And, and I think we might have been main event. We were in like a big match. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. But we made our way through it, and uh, it was like, it wasn't long after, maybe the next weekend, maybe later that week, your parents had like a pool party, and a bunch of us came over, and I had never met your parents before. If I did, it was just like in passing. I had never really spoken to them. Yeah. So I come in, I'm just like, I, I introduce myself, I grab your dad's hand, I shake it, and I go, hey, how are you? Thanks for having me, I'm Curtis. And he goes, I know who you are. You kicked Mike in the face. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, that is me, sir." Uh, <laughs> I did do that. Yeah, that, you're right. I didn't even have a rebuttal. I was just like, "Yeah, yeah," because yeah. I think didn't they take you to the hospital right after? Because your mom was super concerned or something. No, Olivia took me, and uh, so the I couldn't see part was just uh, like completely blurred. Yeah, um, and then it slowly comes back, um, and it was ble- definitely bleeding quite a bit. And I think that's what kind of caused the concern. But, um, like, it wasn't coming out of my eyeball or anything. No. It was uh, a laceration on the, the eyelid. I hit you hard, though. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so I, I think the, the impact is what gave me, 
what made it blur. Yeah. Because it, like, I'm trying, I'm trying to explain it with, with my hands that you can't see, but just like a flat kick pad hitting you on the eyeball, it's not like it's impaling it or anything, but you'd imagine that the impact would... No, I um, got in there. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure just one of the rough edges on the kick pad um, cut it. Just was a very small cut on the eyelid. Uh, and I wasn't worried about it, like, once the vision came back and, like, it clawed it. I don't know. It wasn't, like, bleeding anymore. Mm-hmm. But Olivia said, uh, we're going to go to the hospital. And so when she brought me, we had waited for, like, three hours. Ugh. And uh, we were in the, like, the second waiting room. You know, there's the waiting room, and then, oh, the doctor will see you now. But yeah. that just means you go to the second waiting room. So we were in there for about an hour, and then Olivia just starts, like, like on the counter, you know, the, the cotton swabs and stuff like that. So she just starts, like, grabbing shit and, like, cleaning it for me. And then she looks at it and just says, it's like a small cut. Um, that's it. Uh, and I said, I don't I don't want to stay. Like, it's, if it's just a small cut and I can see and everything, like, I, like I wasn't concussed or anything. Mm-hmm. So we just got up, and I just told, like, the triage nurse, like, yeah, I'm... We're leaving. He's like, oh, why are, you, why are you leaving? It's just, well, we've been here for three hours. It's, it can't be that serious if you haven't seen me yet. Yeah, yeah. unless you know, my eye is fucking hanging out of my fucking yeah, face hole. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's like, oh, but, you know, it's just, sorry, just the doctor's really busy. And they like, have nothing to apologize for. Yeah. It's just, I imagine if, like, deferring to your expertise, you triage me. If this is serious, you wouldn't have waited. I wouldn't have been waiting this long. Uh, so I'm going to take that to be that I'm absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, and like even like walking in, like the difference between me walking in the 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 um the room and coming out, it's like I walked in with like crusted blood all over my eye, and then I walk out and it's completely clean. Yeah, it's just like this is probably what the doctor would have done anyway. Yeah, I, and was that the night or see I I can't remember now. It's been so long. Did that spawn us going to Dirty Dogs every Friday night for three no, years? No, it was or? the other way around because we started going and then Julian made the connection to run at. Yeah, because there was yeah. like a legit probably twenty four months where every Friday, because for some reason there was never shows on Friday, where me, you, and Paige would go to Dirty Dogs yeah, yeah. and be the only ones that danced for <laughs> hours. And then eventually... We, we went. We started going, like, in the summer when there was literally nobody there. <laughs> but, like, even when school started, we'd go and no one would be dancing. And then by the end of it, by the end of our run, there'd be lineups outside and we'd get, like, yeah, VIP get passes in. We wouldn't have yeah. to pay for drinks. I'm pretty sure Julian was dating a, uh, one of the bartenders. Like, yeah. we ran that place by the end of it. <laughs> we we had a wrestling show there. And it's just like, hold on, we're like, we're not old, and then, but it's just you look around and it's just everyone thinks we're old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're bringing all the attention to ourselves, being the yeah. only ones dancing like idiots on the elevated dance floor. Yeah, those are great times, man. Okay, I got a couple questions for you, and right. I only got, eh, let's say three questions. One of them's kind of a jokey. And that's three more questions than I ever get for anybody. So this is a success. Great okay. success. Yeah, I don't have a lot of activity when I call out for questions or anything. Like a couple weeks ago, I have a hotline for this podcast. You can call at any time. And I sent out a tweet saying, I'm going to take live calls on the podcast. I'm going to record at 5 o'clock. Call anytime, and you'll be recorded live. We'll talk. And if 
we'll talk on the podcast. And if it doesn't go through, leave a voicemail. And in a couple hours, I'll go back and listen to it, record like my uh, response to it, and then I'll upload it all. I left the... I left that open for 12 hours. I didn't get one single call. So getting <laughs> getting a question at all is a huge success on this. All right. <laughs> hey, Psycho Mike. Original sin here. Before you have sex, do you look at her vagina and yell out, What's in the box? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. I feel like I could have answered that one for you, but... That's, that's funny. Okay. Well, nothing, nothing is in the box just yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Serious question. <laughs> Are there any little promotions out of say, oh, I don't know, Barrie, Ontario, that have come knocking? Uh, seems like a loaded question. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's it's about it would probably be like a two hour commute for them to, to knock on that, my door. That's so. true. They're supposed to um, stay at home too. Yeah. So, um, no, I. I I had, I had spoken to them and uh, once um, I, I I think we had some banter back and forth on on, on Twitter and then uh, like I, I just reached out about it and um, there was some interest but uh, I guess guess at the time um, like it was basically like the Smash roster yeah and uh, it's just like oh, we just didn't we don't want to keep using Smash guys. Um, I'll just say something totally unrelated too. This has no connection. That uh, promoter Sean Gibson is the absolute worst at, you know, replying to messages or keeping on top of things. So, uh, you know, that's just a random thing I'm throwing out there. And if yeah. he's listening, which I hope he does, uh, hopefully when this quarantine ends, uh, he'll answer some messages and get back to some people. <laughs> but you know, that's all. Uh, I just, it's just. Uh... It was a, at a time too where I was just particularly sensitive about the the idea of um, people caring who I w- worked for, yeah, and having you know that that influence anybody's um, perception or decisions. Being or labeled as someone, yeah, I just kind of like, what, what, what do you want me? I don't understand. What, what, what can I uh, objectively? Like, what's what's a, a concrete action item I can take to? to make this not a problem and there's just nothing I can do. Yeah. Because it. it's like I can stop working. Yeah, yeah then, exactly. Know, I guess. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. All right. This one could be interesting or it could be very bland. I don't know. What's your go-to quarantine cheat meal? I don't cheat. Yeah, I knew. I had a feeling. Yeah. I was like, I don't think Mike does go off the rails much. No, there's, there's nothing in my house. But... Um, if you were to look at my cupboards, you might consider things that would be there are things that you might consider cheap food. Yeah, but it's all it's all. Um, I, I don't think anybody should cheat on a diet, and then people people hear that and think, oh, so you can't eat things that enjoy or that you enjoy, and it's just well, no, you make it part of your diet and you make it work. Mm. Cheating implies you're not following something. So even when um, like for, like for bodybuilders when they're trying to get in competition shape and they're or if you're trying to do a, a a stricter cut there's this concept of a carb load or a refeed right yep um and people say oh that's just, that's cheating it's like no it's not cheating it's actually quite literally built into the diet so if there's a day where you're you're eating an entire box of captain crunch you're not cheating it's that is the diet yeah, you're yeah. doing what you're supposed to be doing why are you calling it a cheat meal 
like cheating would could also be I'm not going to eat today at all. That's true. Right? Like yeah. You're you're not doing the diet. So at no point should you not do the diet. Um, and good diets are set up to allow you uh, to to eat things that you enjoy. So you might look at my cupboard and wonder why I have like honeycombs there or something. It's like oh that's cheap food. It's just well no I I fit that into my diet. Yeah. Um, Okay, let me rephrase it. If you're going to go off the rails, it's Friday night, your girlfriend just dumped you, you got a romantic comedy to watch. If oh, well, you already know that. We, we went to uh, a Montana zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I had the... Powdered donuts. The donuts that we were going to share and then no one else had any. Yeah, make it snow. Make it snow. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it was actually... Like, I. Actually, I think I had fajitas that day, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, because that's probably what I would probably what I would pick. Uh, the chicken fajitas, which you're, sounds like, you're a wild man. Yeah, I uh, funnel cake might be the other one. Ooh, Wonderland just released. I saw it yesterday. Yeah. They just released the recipe for everyone in quarantine: how to make a Wonderland yeah. style funnel cake. I mean, they did it out in the open. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like rocket surgery. Um, <laughs> But but even if we were to go to one, I think pretty much every time we've gone together, I, I've I've had one. Yeah. Or I've had part of one, and the thing is, is like, I I'm walking around all day and I've barely eaten anything. Yeah. That calorically speaking, that probably still fits. Oh yeah. So yeah, like, I'm not too concerned about that. The last thing I do before I leave Wonderland almost every time is just like we'll have a great time and then okay we've hit up all the rides. Let's get a funnel cake. Let's feel like absolute garbage and drive yeah, home. Before it's, heading home. It, absolutely. It's an institution. You have to. The best part of a funnel cake is waiting in line to get the funnel cake. Yeah, it's the excitement. Because once you, once you eat it, you know, the first few bites are, are the best. Yeah. And then after, it's just... They have... They have uh, a few of them actually have... Uh, a few of the shops there actually have small ones. But are you going to... a lot more sense to get because by the time you're sick of it, you're done. But the excitement is getting a funnel cake the size of a manhole cover. <laughs> and then after three bites you don't want it but you don't want to tell anyone because you just spent $29 on this yeah, fucking waffle yeah. with ice cream yeah and you're trying to cut it with a plastic knife and <laughs> actually, yeah as you're fighting the seagulls hard. off it's either really crispy and it's too hard to get through or, or it's so soft that you're just squishing it <laughs> <There's>, it's, <laughs> it's true alright buddy you got anything else you want to hit before we go I got a piece so bad uh, I also I want to just pee together we can. I just my. I can't take my phone with me, so I'll have to yell more. What do you, What do you mean? It's not a cell phone. It's yeah, but it, it's hooked up to my rigging device. Ah, oh, okay. Well, die. Then that, that kills that idea. <laughs> what are your plugs? My plugs. Yes. Uh, butt plugs, hair plugs. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, plug some of your upcoming <laughs> dates. Where you're, where you'll be. Yeah, like, what, you, what the fuck do you want me to say? I'll be in my living room today, my bedroom tonight, my kitchen later today. I'll, I'll open a YouTube channel for you guys to like and subscribe to. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I've, what am I going to plug? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you can plug your Korean poo wine that influenced the coronavirus spread. Sure. Uh, I, I don't even know where that is right now and look up it was vice yeah probably on youtube and and look up i just had in the background my computer's on silent but i was watching uh you versus colt the beginning before you fight to the back or uh, yeah yeah it shows all that and it's good so find that uh that same channel 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's a, that'd be a nice plug. Uh, pin, pin, pin the virus. Yeah, they... I, I don't, I don't know why it's called that. Uh, that's just the name of the the YouTube channel. Um, the uh, the videos aren't like quite sorted or anything, and and a lot of it is very much so raw footage. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the stuff with uh, Colt and I, it's like it's it's been looks like it's been mostly entirely edited. Yeah. Just not together. It looks good. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that Colt was the heel in all of this either. Oh, yeah. I thought the stand-up comedian would be the babyface, and then I saw the people going nuts when you came out. So, you yeah, know, it's also like hard a, to... Like a bitter stand-up. It was more like um, uh, the comedian from... More akin to that, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's a comedian in, a, in an ironic sense. Yeah, right? yeah. He's pointing out what's funny about life and, I don't know, in a satirical way. Uh, no. he, did, he did a good job with it. No, it looked um, great. Watch it if you want. Then the virus. Watch that. Watch Mike in Pixels. Watch Mike in uh, what's that one you're in? Dante's Inferno. Uh, volcano. Uh, Pompeii. Uh, Pompeii. Pompeii. Watch him in yeah. uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Watch him on YouTube. Watch him everywhere. <laughs> Watch him in the bathroom. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. That was fun. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, I'll, I'll see you soon. Uh, I, I, theoretically, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know Could if be. it's kosher or not. It's just, if, if, if one person visits, is that, is that in violation of any, like, social contracts? I have no idea. I don't know. I'm more worried about somebody coming over my neighbor knocking on my door and be like, um, do you have company over? Be like, all right, you yeah, terrorists. Like, uh, Olivia had the same concern when coming that uh, I don't want to see the neighbors, like my car parked in front of your house. Exactly. And I don't know. Exa- I'm visiting. And I was like, do you, do you think, uh, you know, people are keeping this me- like a mental Rolodex of like, <laughs> who owns what car? And I just and, feel like. Uh, oh, what are they going to do? Call the police? But can't you? Can't you rat on somebody right now? I Isn't don't that- think so. Oh, can't you? I, I mean, at some point, these things just become a human rights violation. Yeah. Uh, I, I I did hear a story about a family going rollerblading and getting an eight hundred dollar ticket. Yeah, that's the story. Like that made me worry about this. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't. I mean, granted, I just read the headline. They, they <laughs> so were in a they I were in know, an empty parking lot. If, if that sounds crazy to me, that, yeah. that it's even a possibility. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's true or not. Again, just read the headline. No, I get it. All right, buddy. I got to go. I'm I'm literally, I got to piss so bad I can taste it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. Right. Be safe. And uh, I love you. I, I'm happy you said it. I was going to say it, but I was waiting. <laughs> I was holding out. All right, buddy. I love you too. Peace. <laughs> take care. Bye.